0: Heights to the depths of the
1: sea, and what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. Isn't that what a faithful and true witness does? It basically tells, it speaks and tells of the things they've heard and seen. That's what a witness does. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, he's the faithful and true witness because that's all he's done is tell the truth. He is told from heaven. What these things are, the things that we ought to be concerned about.
0: Welcome everyone, you're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. John the Gospel writer wanted everyone to know where Jesus came from. Jesus was different from everyone else because he came from heaven. He wasn't an exceptionally spiritual or wise or good man. He was and is God from heaven. Jesus is not only different from everyone else, he is also greater than everyone else. He came from heaven, he testified to the truth, but no one received his testimony even though witnesses certified it was the truth of God. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 3 of the Gospel of John.
1: Climb that ladder. Climb that ladder and step on anybody who gets in your way. To climb that corporate ladder, whatever that ladder is in, in your job that you do, that's The mantra of the United States, that's the mantra of the world. You climb and you step on anybody who gets in your way that you can get to the top. You can be the king of the hill. But he must increase and I must decrease. Is Jesus' life, his spirit in you, his way of doing things, are they increasing in your life? Or is your will, your plan, your desires, are those things increasing in your life? What What did Jesus say in Matthew 16? Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It doesn't mean that you can't enjoy life, but what is your life all about? Is it seeking something? I I had a desire, a will for my life, and the Lord intervened wonderfully in my life and set me on a path that was completely different from everything I had been doing in my life up to that point. I wanted to be a traveling classical guitarist, and that's what I was starting to do. That was my goal in my life. And God intervened and changed me completely, turned me around, and I turned back, and I never looked back. Because he fulfilled me, everything. I mean, how can you argue with the Spirit of God in you, knowing that you're forgiven, knowing that you've been saved? Is there any school that can do that to me? Is there any gratification and any vocation that I choose that can do that? And again, it doesn't matter if you're in a vocation. Serve the Lord in it, right? Wherever you're at, serve the Lord. Don't feel guilty about this at all. I'm just saying that it's important that we understand. Let's follow him. Let's take up our cross and follow him. In John chapter 12, he says, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces grain. Jesus did that. He died. And what came out of that? The glorious birth. The new life for us, the salvation, and dying to ourself is what we need to do. And in this, Jesus will be increased in our life. Why would we want to settle for anything else? Or why would we want to put a lid on the Spirit of God working in us who has indwelt us? The world has certainly seen enough, hasn't it, of humanism, what men can do? I've seen enough. I don't really care to see anymore. I know what man can do. They can build big buildings and they can have lots of money. They can have a big show, but it's nothing compared to what Jesus can do. And this is why it's so important for the world to see us, the church, filled with the Spirit of God, fulfilling God's purpose for our life in this world, worshiping Him, fulfilling the Great Commission. But see, the church becomes invalid, it becomes invalid to the world. And unnecessary when the world sees the church acting just like the world. That's why people don't, they have a hard time. Because why are you the bride trying to be like the world? Why are these worldly elements in your life? Why are you so concerned what everybody else is concerned about? Where is your faith? And I think Jesus would ask us the same thing. We shouldn't be giving in to the culture and the pressure the social pressure. The church should not cave in to the woke culture, this cancel culture. But we need to awaken. We need to awaken, right? And don't buy into the critical race theory, which is making things worse, causing... It's actually creating a bigger problem than what they, they think that's going to solve something. No, it's, it's making things much, much, much worse. The whole thing is racist. Have you read about it? Do you know about it? Have you read about it? I would encourage you to read about it. I've got an article if you want. Email me, office at and I'll send it to you. You can read about it. Know what it's about because it's permeating everything and, and creating a lot of problems between people. And I love the fact that we can all gather here and we are all different colors, races, everything, and we love each other. There's no problems. I don't know, does anybody, anybody have a problem? I don't have a problem. I love all of you. I don't care. You could come in with green skin. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care where you've come from. You love Jesus, then I love you too. And even if, even if you don't love Jesus, I love you. We should love him, right? But don't buy into that critical race theory garbage. Read about it. It is demonic. 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 You have to know, understand what it is, because the tentacles of it are so slowly reaching in and choking everything. Before long, this country, and it's already starting to happen, is going to be something completely different than what it was two years ago. Be very, very careful. Jesus said, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of, of life... You know, these things are passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides. In Romans 12, you know, Paul tells us, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice and being not conformed to this world, but renewing, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we need. We need to turn off the television. We need to turn off the social media. We're inundated with so much truth, with so much false stuff. We don't even know what the truth is anymore. I know what the truth is. It's right here. This is all I know and all I care to know. And the more I know this, the more peace I have. But the more I know about that other stuff, all of a sudden my peace slowly evaporates. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think you do. So what are you going to do about it? (laughs) I could talk about it all I want, but how does it relate in practice in my life? But Paul's life was one of sacrifice He knew this idea of decreasing so that Christ might increase. In Philippians 3, we're not going to go through all these for the sake of time. But I would encourage you to either take a picture of that or I can send it to you or whatever. Just write them down because we're only going to go through a couple of these. But notice what Paul says. He was very aware of this idea of being less and Christ being more. And he went through it not only spiritually, you know, in his personality, but he also went through it physically. What does it say? In Philippians 3, verse 4, If anyone thinks that he may have confidence in the flesh, I more. I was circumcised on the eighth day, of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, I was blameless. Meaning he he did all those things. But what things were gained to me, notice, these I have counted loss for Christ. All these things are nothing to me. I am decreased, and he might be increased in every way in my life. I also count all things lost for the excellency, notice, of the knowledge of Jesus, my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, and having my and not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is... Through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Boy, that's something that the church, we don't want anything to do with about. We, don't want, to, we want ice cream. I don't want to do that. But see, that's part of it, isn't it? Being conformed to his death. That means putting the old things to death. That I could decrease, that he could increase what did he say in 2 Corinthians 12, verse uh, 7, in and, 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 and the 10th verse there? He says, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities. Speaking of this eye malady that Paul had, that he prayed three times for the Lord to remove it, and he said, My grace is sufficient for you. What did Paul say to that? I take pleasure in my infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He understood that he had to decrease. He had to decrease. So don't be surprised when you're minimalized, when you're minimized, when you're marginalized by those around you. Guess what? You're going through a process of being decreased. But while you are decreased, God is increasing in you. Don't take it personal. They did the same thing for him, to him. And if he is the master, they're going to do the same thing to you. The master is not better than, or the the servant is not greater than his master, right? And God doesn't need superstars, does he? He doesn't need a big name to draw a crowd. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26, he says, You see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world. I qualify, great. (laughs) The base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. I'd rather be chosen by God than to be applauded by the world. But you have to answer that question for yourself. Am I willing to decrease that He might increase? Am I willing to suffer loss for His sake? That's a hard word, folks, and I know it is. I know it's hard to hear these things. But we have to face it. We have to ask Lord, where am I? Why do I do what I do? Sometimes even what we perceive as negative causes the word of God to increase. We don't have time to go in these, but I'll just give you the verses. Remember, Paul and Barnabas, they had to separate because Barnabas wanted to bring Mark with him on their second missionary journey, and Paul didn't want anything to do with Mark at the time because he abandoned them on their first trip. (laughs) What seems like a negative thing actually turned out for the better because what did God get at the end of this? He got a buy one, get one free deal. Because now he's got Paul and and, and Silas and Barnabas and Mark. Now instead of one missionary team going out, now he's got two. (laughs) Sounds like a Romans 8.28 thing. All things work together for the good, even in my boneheadedness. God got two. He got a BOGO. Did that surprise him? No. But the church has always grown as a result of persecution. It increases... When we are decreased, it increases. What does it say in Acts 13, verse 42? It says, When the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, notice, speaking to them, persuading them to continue in the grace of God. And, um, oh, here it is verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes that they they were filled with envy now and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken of by Paul. They, They opposed those things. And then in verse 49 of that same chapter, and the word of God, the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Why? As a result of Things going really well and everybody agreeing? No, as a result of persecution. So the, the word of God spread was increased because the church was undergoing a press. And it seems like the, the devil has learned this, this lesson. Now he doesn't. He, he's coming at, it, at us at all fronts. He's not just trying to go from without attacking the church. Now he's, he realizes, well, if I do that, I know the church is going to grow, so I've got to do something else. I'll join the church. I'll come right. I'll sit right in the pew. I'll listen to them. I'll agree at everything. Yeah, that sounds really good. Ah, but did God say? And he's joined the church. And many churches are okay with Satan being a part of their fellowship. Jesus needs to increase, and we need to decrease. Notice back in verse 31 in our text, we're going to move along quickly here. He who comes from above is above all, and he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. And he who comes from heaven is above all. Jesus, though only authority, because he came from heaven, he has the right. He has the right. He is above all. He is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. Isn't that what a faithful and true witness does? It basically tells. It speaks and tells of the things they've heard and seen. That's what a witness does. And Jesus, the Bible tells us, he's the faithful and true witness. Because that's all he's done is tell the truth. He has told from heaven what these things are. The things that we ought to be concerned about That's why a witness, an eyewitness in the court of law is so important. Because when somebody can say and testify, not only did I see, but I heard it. And you get more than one one or more, or like two or three eyewitness accounts, you better have a really good lawyer. It's probably not going to save you. (laughs) Somebody's got people seen and heard it. Yeah, there's three people. Oops. Sounds like you're going to be wearing numbers across your chest for quite a while, right? But Jesus, he spoke those things. In verse 33, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Certified that God is true. That's what we do. We've heard the word of God and his disciples and us. We certify. We say yes, that is true. Doesn't it ring true in your heart when you read the word of God? remember being a very, before I even knew anything, as I in the process of me getting saved, I mean, there was a definitive moment, and I think it was right after that, where I knew something had happened. All of a sudden, I, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm just reading it, and the things are leaping off the page. I was in the Gospel of Matthew, and I was just reading through it, because I was told to go to Matthew, and I'm glad I did. But it just leaping off the page. I was certifying, oh, that's true. Oh, that's where it came from. Oh, these things that I've been learning all my life that I've heard, now I see it in black and white. Oh, my. I mean, it was. It was a eureka moment. I certified that what God has said is true, and we all have too. We certify it. For whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. I love what it says in the King James Version. It's a little clearer, this verse. And I think you would agree with me. It says, For he whom God hath sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. He is the fullness of the Godhead. In fact, that's what Colossians says, right? Where is it? There it is. Colossians chapter 2. Oops. Having a problem here. There we go. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness in him. And you are complete in him. You are complete in him. Yes. Whether you're single or whether you're married, you are complete in him. Marriage doesn't complete you. When you were single, you were already complete in him. Right? That's what it says. And the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. He's given everything. He's giving uh, him authority over all things, over all flesh, as it tells us in John 17. He's committed all judgment to the Son. He's delivered all things to Jesus. No one knows the, the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And you remember the verse that we know and love so well in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's all about him. It's all about him. Finally, in our last verse, He who believes in the Son of God, and, and the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Notice that it's believing in Jesus that merits us eternal life, and nothing else. Nothing else. Not baptism. Nothing. Faith in Christ alone In Mark 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. That means that belief in God is what gets me to heaven. That's the main thing. In John 3.18, he who believes in him and is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's nothing else. It's belief in him, plus... Nothing, right? So important, so important. So receive Jesus. Receive Jesus Christ into your heart and in your life. And most of us in this room know Christ, and I'm really glad for that. But I would encourage you to draw much nearer to him than you ever have because the time that we live in, folks, you know, is very crazy. And you need to have your armor on. We need to have our armor on. You need to be in the Word of God. If you're not, you're going to get twisted. You're going to get mangled. <laughs> you're going to have many sorrows as a result. Fill your heart with the love of God revealed to us in the Scripture. That's the best remedy for the world that we live in. Do you believe that? I really do. I really believe that. And So make it a point this week to say, you know what, Lord? However much I'm spending time with you, I'm going to double it. (laughs) I'm going to double it. Get up earlier. Stay up a little later. Get rid of some of those programs you're watching on television. Instead of watching the next episode, spend that time in your Bible. As much time as you can. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for the exhortation, Lord, that we've received, Lord. And we thank you for John uh, John the Baptist's heart, God, and that Jesus must increase and that he must decrease. And, Lord, we, we, we understand the same thing in ourselves. And, Lord, help us to, in spite of this difficult message, God, that we would hang our head high because, Lord, we know that these things are are to be. And we know that, Lord, um, you suffered before. You were glorified. And Lord, we know that there is still things ahead of us that are going to be challenging and even difficult. God, help us to surround ourselves with each other. Lord, to be together like this, Lord, we need each other. We need you more than anything, God. And we need your word to have a greater impact in our lives and in our hearts, Lord. Open our hearts to receive it. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us. Give us a great hunger for the word of God even more, Lord. And help us... Help us, Lord, to find any area that's just contradicting these things and get rid of it, to just get rid of it, Lord. Lord, we count on you we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guess what? The Lord loves you immensely.
0: Amen. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John.